The All Blacks rugby team is considered one of global sport's most successful teams ever with a 77% winning percentage since 1903. And this is not because they have won consistently for more than a century but because this team was built beyond winning and performance. This team was built on values of honesty, personal discipline, mental strength, fearlessness, performing under pressure and the deep-rooted desire to not just be the best on the field but to be better humans off it. Better people make better leaders. Let me share a few things that the All Blacks practiced. They swept the sheds. In other words never be too big to do the small things that need to be done. So while New Zealand was still watching replays and school kids lay in bed dreaming of All Blacks glory, the All Blacks themselves were found tidying up after themselves, sweeping the sheds, doing it properly, so no one else had to because no one looked after them, they looked after themselves. This helped build their character and personal discipline. The All Blacks always felt that a collection of talented individuals without personal discipline will ultimately and inevitably fail. Character triumphs over talent. Always. Richie McCaw who captained the All Blacks in 110 out of his 148 times with the team, performing the formidable Hakka. The reason I have shared the story of the All Blacks is because the Indian cricket team will be going through a fairly significant transition now that the baton has passed on from a flamboyant, steely and brash Ravi Shastri to a measured and disciplined Rahul Dravid. Not that Ravi wasn't measured or disciplined, a trait we all saw more so with his batting exploits for the country in Mumbai, but Rahul is cut from a different cloth, a rare breed indeed. He brings a more nuanced, humble and a deep-thinking philosophy much needed for the current Indian cricket team. In fact much needed for the country in general. He is an individual that respects history and its legacy, is strong on principles and ethics, is honest and fair, is quietly confident and determined without the need for braggadocio and power. Successful leaders balance pride with humility which is absolute pride in performance and total humility before the magnitude of the task. Rahul Dravid fits this description to the T. Indian cricket is at that stage where greed and arrogance if not curbed may lead to a perpetual slide in their fortunes, which may take years to mend. What we need is a bit more humility and a lot less greed. Rahul is the closest we have to the All Blacks philosophy and their values. Humility plus excellence plus respect. This blog has been divided into two parts as I realize that there is so much to share and that I want the readers absorb the first part before they are bombarded with the concluding half of the blog next week. So let's start with a quick recap of the legacy of the professional coaching staff that our cricket team has had so far. We begin with the late Ajit Wadekar who was designated a manager and not coached to support Azaruddin between 1992 and 1996. This period was dominated by the emergence of Sachin Tendulkar and Anil Kumble and was characterized by India winning consistently but only at home against most opponents. We followed a three-spinner strategy on curated dust bowls. In most cases we won the toss, racked up 500-plus runs thanks to Sachin, Sidhu and Azar and then let loose our spinners on the hapless opponents. Wins against England, Sri Lanka, Zimbabwe, New Zealand and West Indies gave us some bragging rights though we continued to struggle even at home against Pakistan. Australia, and South Africa. Outside India, especially in the Sina countries, we drew a blank. Always. Waddekar was followed by Anshuman Gaekwad, 1997-99 who continued a similar template but during this period we got caught up with match-fixing and other controversies. However we saw the emergence of Rahul Dravid, Surav Ganguly, VVS Laxman and finally a potent pace bowling pair in Srinathan Prasad. We yet continued to lose overseas but started beating Australia and South Africa at home, sometimes even Pakistan. All this was possible due to one man, Sachin Tendulkar who also dabbled unsuccessfully with captaincy around this time. Finally in 2000, 
India appointed a professional coach in John Wright, 2000-2005, and we immediately started seeing results. Azar was phased out and Surav Ganguly took over with a younger-looking Indian team with a larger heart and a stronger desire to prove that they could win overseas. This was the turning point at least from the point of view of developing a mindset to win abroad. We now had the Maverick opener Sewag with an envious middle order of the Fab Four coupled with a strong two spinners plus two seamer-led attack and an attacking all-rounder in Yuvraj Singh. We won in England, in Australia, in West Indies and finally in Pakistan. We also reached a World Cup final. We now had a strong team with a right blend of experience and young emerging talent. India was now considered a force to reckon with anywhere in the world. Sadly, Wright was followed by a forthright and a high-profile coach in Greg Chappell, 2005-2007, who even though had his heart in the right place fell short on man-managing an Indian team with big superstars and bigger egos. Worse was that this period coincided with a decline in Sachin's form due to a tennis elbow injury and also a decline in the captaincy fortunes of Surov. Rahul Dravid took over successfully, winning in England and West Indies and also winning a test match in South Africa. Yet the disastrous early round exit in the World Cup coupled with Chappell's personality clash with the seniors ensured that both Dravid's captaincy and Chappell's coaching stints were cut short. By this time, India was blessed with another big superstar in the making, Mahindra Singh Dhoni who in the next 10 years would take Indian cricket to a different level. Between India's best phase with the combination of Gary Kirsten and Paddy Upton, 2008-2011, Dash Dhoni plus Kumble and the Chappell fiasco, we ended up winning the T20 World Cup in 2007 with Locke and Rajput, 2007, playing the old-school role of a manager. Finally in the South African, India had for the first time, a world-class coaching staff which placed equal and obsessive emphasis on fitness and the mental side of the game. This was new to Indian cricket and its fans but it paved the way for India's eventual success and its current domination of world cricket. Skill and talent were never a worry when an Indian 11 Red, Gambir, Sewag, Dravid, Sachin, Ganguly, VVS, Dhoni, Kumble, Baji, Zahir, Patan, and Yuvraj. But by focusing on mental conditioning with the help of Patty Upton, Kirsten ensured that we started winning overseas. And that too consistently. We won in New Zealand, Australia, England, South Africa and wherever we played. We had a diligent and intelligent captain for tests in Anil Kumble and a Dhoni whose unconventional leadership style resonated well with a new young India in the shorter formats of the game. To top all this, we won the World Cup after more than 28 years and India became the number one ranked team in tests. Ahmedabad, India, April 1, 2008, Indian coach Gary Kirsten and physio Upton watches players during Indian cricket or net practice session prior to their second test match against South Africa at Sardar Patel Stadium, Motera at Ahmedabad. Photo by Santosh Harher slash Hindustan Times via Getty Images. Kirsten was followed by a mature and well-established coach in Duncan Fletcher, 2011-2015. Around this team, the Fab Four were on their way out, but we saw the emergence of Virat Kohli, Puyara, Aishan Sharma, Rahane, Ashwin and a plethora of good pace bowlers who clocked 140-plus kmph regularly, an unheard-of phenomenon for us fans. The captaincy was now Dhoni's across all formats and he started building his own team with the likes of Ravi Jadeja, Shikhar Dawan, Rohit Sharma, and Mohamed Shami. This period was one of rebuilding with the new confident and fearless India. In spite of all these traits but perhaps due to less experience and maturity we lost when we should have won and won when we should have lost. Consistency fell apart but the team was developing some key personalities which would go to serve well under Virat later when Ravi took over across two stints, 2015-16 and 2017-2021. That's it as far as part 1 is concerned. 
More on the Ravi, Virat phase and what we can expect from Rahul Dravid next week. By the way, I just read somewhere that Ashwin like many of his teammates while looking forward to working with Rahul is also expecting Rahul to bring happiness back into the dressing room. Makes me wonder whether this missing happiness is connected with Ashwin only or is there another story we all don't know yet. So let me probe further and share some of my findings next week. Enjoy your weekend. Extracts from James Kerr's outstanding book Legacy that talks about what the All Blacks can teach us about the business of life.